Hello and welcome to series two of the Training for Influence podcast. Our aim is to help you deliver the best training possible. We'll be exploring how to make the most of every single second in a training session and how to deliver training so that it has added influence. You'll be hearing from me, Tammy Banks, and I'll be chatting with Training for Influence graduates, facilitators and experts who can speak to each of the steps. Expert, tailored, engaging and values-led. We hope you find these podcasts really beneficial. In this episode, I had the great pleasure of talking to Steve Sylvan about his experience on the Training for Influence Train the Trainer programme. We discuss his previous acting career, our passion for supporting people experiencing multiple disadvantages and why no facilitator should deliver or delegate attend anything less than exceptional training. Welcome, Steve. Hi, hi, hi. Thank you very much for speaking to me today. Would you mind just starting off by telling us a little bit about yourself, your background and what training you deliver? Sure. So currently I work for a large homelessness charity as a progression coach. So I work with those who are homeless or those who are at risk of homelessness. And I use a kind of a coaching method to work with those people. Prior to that, I worked for a coaching organisation and I coached everybody from eight-year-olds all the way up to chief execs and managing directors and everybody in between that. But I also delivered accredited coaching training as well up to diploma level. So so the chap I worked with, uh, he wrote the courses and I threw in some ideas and, and said maybe this will work and maybe that will work. And, and it was brilliant and we had, we had really good fun delivering the training. Then prior to that, I'm actually, my background's in acting. So I was a trained professional actor for, for many years and I fell into corporate training. And so I've delivered loads of equality and diversity, customer service, health and safety, safeguarding, using all performance techniques and role, it was called. So, you know, we would take the roles of characters or of clients these people might have to work with. So this would be social workers, NHS workers and things like that. And then we'd facilitate the training around that. So that's my training in a nutshell. So I'd work for various councils up and down the UK, NHS, Virgin, British Airways, E, all sorts of different people. So that's my training. Wow, that, that's a great mix. And I'm just thinking now when you're saying about being a professional actor and stuff previously, I can imagine actually your training's quite lively and interactive and getting people um, up on their feet and things. Yeah, I like movement, but I also, I love conversation. I think conversation's a key to good training. You know, if, if people are engaged and want to chat, I really enjoy that. Not at the expense of those who are quieter though. So, it's, so there's a fine balance. There is, yeah, yeah you're absolutely yeah. right. But yeah, it's something, I just love training and I, and I don't do so much of it at the minute, which is why I've got to know you guys because it's a big part of me. I suppose it's the performer in me that needs the, that ego that needs fed, I guess. Uh, well, it sounds like you are doing lots of other good work as well. So it's not like you're just kicking your heels. <laughs> no, 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 no. And, I, and you know what? I, I flip and love it. I absolutely adore what I do. It's hard. It's really hard, yeah. but I think there's so much worth and so much value in being able to support people and being able to empower people to start to take control of their lives and start to get these basic needs sorted and to support people with that. It's brilliant. I love it. 
I properly yeah, absolutely. love it. I agree with you. I think it's a real privilege to actually be able to be in a person's life and support them at a time when they really need that. I, I just think it's, a, yeah, it's hard, but it is a privilege. Yeah. Can you tell me about the Training for Influence, Train the Trainer course that you've just been on, just from the perspective of what did you enjoy about it? It's a bit like... Is it blankety blank and everybody sits on top of each other? It's a bit like blankety blank when we all look at it. We were called the zoomies. And so we all looked at each other on the screen and we could see, I don't know how, there was loads of us though. <laughs> it started with 15. That's the maximum is a 15 cohort. There you go. Right. So there was, there was 15 <laughs> of us initially. And so I like the diversity of it. I like the diversity of the people that were attending, the diversity of the knowledge and the range of skills and the expertise that was in the room. It's a very interesting way to do some training. I wasn't used to it at all. And it pushed me out of my comfort zone, which I really liked. It's something that I'm not used to. I did have to drop out every training session to go and say night-night to my kids. There's a <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be fair, was perfect, wasn't it? Because it fits right into that values element. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it did. And it wasn't frowned upon. So what else did I enjoy about it? I really liked the knowledge sharing and I really liked the opportunity to discuss and debate and that we were all treated as experts in our own field as well. So it wasn't like we were being taught by you. It was like we were having things shared with us. So I never felt talked down to I never felt the odd one out in the room, which at times before I have, I felt part of a group, which was quite nice as well. So there was that group cohesion, which I liked. Yeah. Actually, a few people have mentioned that. And I take it as a real compliment when you say you didn't feel talked down to and you feel like actually we were sharing information around the group because every single time I run the cohort, I love it. I love what I get from it. And I learn from every single time and actually from every single person. There is no, I know everything and I'm going to teach you it because actually that's just not true. So it doesn't doesn't make any sense from that perspective. So it's really nice to hear people kind of reflect back that that's how they felt. So um, thank you for that. And I think one of the things, sometimes I worry a little bit about me. I only worry a little bit and then I kick it out. But because I'm quite informal in my speech and I'm quite informal in my delivery as well. And sometimes that concerns me about Not about the people who are being trained by me because I know they engage with it, but that initial contact, like my initial contact with you and things like that. But actually on Zoom, you're able to see everybody engage that reaction and see it, which was quite nice. And I thought, well, do you know what? It's all right. People are rolling with it. And I think it's nice to see the ice break a little bit as well. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And I think what this cohort that you were on has shown us is actually moving forward now, we're going to be making more use of technology to bring people together. So it won't be fully over Zoom. So you're, you guys called yourself the Zoomies when we picked a name because actually the only way of delivering was going to be via a screen because the times were in. Actually, as we move forward, we're actually going to keep a fair amount of that within the programme specifically to play to exactly what you've said, you know, to build that community, increase those connections. We're going to have some of the face-to-face stuff in there as well. So there won't be as zoomed out as the zoomies but i've learned within this time as well that actually coming together regularly like that over technology in between the face-to-face works really well yeah i think that is important and i think one of the things that we've learned with technology through the lockdown period is it can save us a load of money as well it's it's (laughs) simple things like that why not take advantage of this technology Um, absolutely 
Well, do you know, I've been arguing, no word of a lie, since I joined Committee on Standards at Parliament, I've been arguing for three years how I should be able to join kind of every other meeting virtually so that it doesn't cost the taxpayers money for me to go down because from York to London on the train is £200 and I go and it's a three-hour meeting. And so I've been arguing and I've always been told there's absolutely no way we cannot do it because of confidentiality, et cetera, et cetera. Now, interestingly, um, all of our meetings are online at the moment. And so as we go back and we're allowed to spend more time in each other's company, that's going to be one of my arguments. I'm going to be saying, actually, I don't need to be here every time. What about I join one in three? Because I still think face-to-face is extremely important. I don't want to lose that. But actually, you can play it so that you're not wasting the money. Yeah, so you're getting real value out of that money. I totally agree with you. And I've seen it in the work that I do as well over lockdown. I really miss face-to-face, but I can do effective work over the phone as well. But there is, there is, there is power in face-to-face, I agree. Yeah, there is definitely. So Steve, we're going to talk a little bit about the four steps of the methodology. So when we went through the programme, we started off by talking about expert and we focused on the importance of being an operational expert and having that practical experience and walking the walk. We also talked about being an expert facilitator and having that operational expertise wasn't enough on its own. It needed to be paired with facilitation skills. We then moved on to the step two, which was about tailoring a course. And within that, we kind of spoke about tailoring things to the sector, to the legislation, quality assurance, but then really importantly, to the organisation, their objectives, mission and value, and then to the individuals and the team. And then we went on to talk about engaging. So once you've got your expert in the room, they've written the course, they then need to ensure that that course is speaking to people's learning styles and that everybody in the room is getting as much out of that course as possible and the consideration of the accelerated learning styles. And then we finished off with my favourite, the Golden Fred, which you actually pointed out in one of the sessions as well that you had seen in our previous discussions about expert, tailored and engaging, which is perfect because that's what I wanted. But then we finished off on the values thread where we talked about the importance of valuing others and we talked about delivering training from a trauma-informed perspective and we talked about the emotional resilience and the importance of staff members, delegates really looking after themselves so that they can then deliver those services. So that's a bit of a whistle-stop reminder, but which one of those really spoke to you and which element did you get, I guess, the, the most benefit out of? Right. That's difficult, okay, because as a training experience, both as part of the Zoomies cohort, but as a delegate in a training room, that values thread does tie it all together. But the other thing is, actually, if I picture it, so it's like there's like three beads and a thread that runs through. But then the final bead is actually the delegate or the delegate wears it round the neck because it all ties round to them. Oh, do you know what, Steve? We're getting them made into bracelets. Oh, there you go. Look. (laughs) There you go. Fantastic. But they're going to be bracelets and tangle toys. So they can play with the beads on the thread in the session and then they can put it around their wrist so that actually if they want or need to fiddle with anything, then they've got it there. Yeah, awesome. Oh, yeah. I love that, that you've just come up with that. So sorry, I'll interrupt you there. But <laughs> I'll let you go back to your values discussion. So I'll tell you what, probably thinking about it would be engaging. So tailored makes sense. Absolute makes sense. You know, you want it to be relevant to you. That's also a selling tool, isn't it? If you can sell something that's specifically tailored to business, it's a total win. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, expert. So if I go to training, I want to know that that person's got integrity and knows exactly what they're talking about. However, as I was talking to you earlier, I went on some safeguarding training. The trainer definitely knew what they were talking about. Absolutely no doubt about that. 
but what they weren't was they weren't engaging. And because of that, I lost all sense of, no, I didn't lose sense of time. I was very aware of the time, <laughs> but I didn't take anything in because I was watching the delivery. I was watching the posture. I was watching their eye contact or lack of eye contact. And I was completely switched off from the training. And I think how you guys talk about engaging as part of that core it's really important and that really sat comfortably with me because it's something I believe in and I think to experience really good training and to have a good session, that has to be one of the keys and that's the one that draws me to it. Well, they all do, but I think engaging shouts out the most. Yeah, no, I can see that and it plays to your actor strengths as well. Yeah, yeah, totally <laughs> does. I do need to um, ask you as a complete aside, do you, have you heard of Geese Theatre? <laughs> I know Geese Theatre, yeah. No way, do you know Andy? Uh, no, no, I don't know Andy. Uh, so Geese Theatre, they're a prison theatre. They uh, are, they yeah. A lot of work in the prisons and they use a tool called trestle masks. So I think Geese trained me, yeah, Geese trained me years ago to use trestle masks. I used to work for a big theatre and education company and corporate training company called Cragrats and they were huge and they worked all over the UK. And we used the geese trestle masks and they would come in and give us training on how to use them. And they're so powerful. Have you ever, seen, have you ever watched this? Oh my gosh, have I ever? So when I was training to be a forensic psychologist many moons ago, um, gosh, I was, what, 22, 23? They came in and they performed to a group of people that we were working with who were convicted of sexual offences and they were in prison at the time. And Geese Theatre came in and they performed this... Wow. Well, they use the masks to go from the difference between the person who was the abuser to somebody who was watching it happening to the victim of the abuse. And they use the masks to really raise all of those emotions with the men that we were working with. And then we followed up on that with the group work that we were doing. I remember really, really strongly. I can feel the memory, if that makes sense how that made me feel and how much learning I took from that. It blew me away. And then when I became, lots of years later, because I've only just finished that role, when I became CEO of a charity working to prevent sexual abuse, the first thing I did when we had conferences was invite Geese Theatre there. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I do know them from both perspectives, really. It's yeah. just phenomenal. Yeah, they're so powerful. Yeah. Um, Sorry, yeah. that was an aside. It's because you said act and training and it just in my brain it just went to Geese Theatre. I totally get that. I totally so, get that. We'll give them a free plug. If you've not heard of Geese Theatre, seriously, go and Google them because they are phenomenal. Yeah, and if I ever go back into acting, give us a job. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, yeah. Although not at the moment, because I think your present employers might complain slightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, so right, back to the questions. <laughs> <laughs> But you have just told us about a real depth of experience that you've got with training and your acting background and the stuff that you do currently. Was it still worthwhile you coming through the programme? Did you learn anything new or did it connect in any different ways? Because I think one of the things that listeners who have been training for a while will think is actually, is this for me or is this for people completely new to training? So I tell you what, actually, and that's a good question for me because it's something I struggled with. What I thought was, I've actually found people that justify my training style, whilst the training has a structure and it's really important it has that structure and it follows that thread and the training will have objectives and so on. There is that space to 
move around as me, not as a clone of a clone of a clone, but for my individuality to show out. And on reflection from our sessions, I was like, I really like this. I really like this. Even within the training delivery, you know, there was 15 of us and every single one of us was completely different, but we all brought something different to the party and we all took something different away. I think it validated and it allowed a bit of release that I've had sitting in my head going, actually, there are trainers out there that have that similar values and similar desire to engage. And actually, that's part of what forms the organisation. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, you're not the first person to say that. It kind of feeds a little bit into imposter syndrome. Do you know, actually having a methodology to place on top of something can go, yeah, I do do that. And I do do that. And I do do that. And because I do all of that, it equals this, which is a far better outcome for the delegate and for the organisation and then a wider outcome. But sometimes we do need, I guess, I don't want to say parameters because it's not about being limiting. It's not about limiting things. It's about actually exploring the depths of things as well and recognising, like we talked about engaging earlier and you gave me that example of that training course that you had gone on that had bored you to tears within the first 10 minutes. And actually, when you look back at engaging from the course, and obviously more detail in the book, but it's got the learning styles underpinning it. So when you're then really interacting with the different delegates and things, you know that actually that's informed by academic evidence as well. So it's about making it so that we feel comfortable with doing that and that we connect it in a logical way as well. Yeah. That's it. It's given that there's a skeleton there and then we have the opportunity to flesh that out so the structure exists and then there's an opportunity to grow it. You're clearly a really strong advocate for training to be delivered from a values-led and engaging perspective. Mm. Tell me what difference you think it makes to deliver training in this way to delegates and to organisations. Oh, loads. So there's integrity from the off. Listening and watching training where you know that person cares, you know that person has an invested interest to deliver that training as opposed to just rocking up, banging out a PowerPoint and going, right, let's smash through your health and safety or so on. There's no strength in that. There's no learning in it. If I'm going to sit in a room for eight hours, for three days on the bounce or for a day or for whatever, I want to get value from it. I want to enjoy it. Training used to be this awful, terrible thing We have to go on this training, we have to go on that training. I get ridiculously excited about going on training these days, ridiculously excited because some of it's just brilliant. And so I now go to training really looking forward to it. And if I'm disappointed, I'm disappointed. And that does happen. But it's much better than dreading going to training, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because it is, it's a waste of a day. But more than it being a waste of a day, it's also a waste of an opportunity. And I do, and I say it all the time, I say it's a privileged position to stand in front of anybody, albeit 10, 15, 20 people. It's a privileged position to actually have seven hours of their life where they're willing to engage with you and explore different subjects and things like that. And I think from my perspective, I think looking at values, you need to value your own time and value the delegates time. That's really important. But then for me, it actually comes back down to when I was an operational manager of teams. Every one of those people for us, because of the sectors that we deliver in, every one of those people is having a day off of the front line to spend with you in that room. And if you don't then make the most of that opportunity, for me, that's really important to me. I do think it has wider benefits though as well. And I can't help but go to a management perspective in my own mind. 
is actually if I have staff that go off on training and they spend a full day together with their colleagues and they're really their spirits are lifted, their passion and their why is reaffirmed. They learn new techniques to be able to do their job effectively or more positively or, or whatever it is. Actually, they're going to be happier employees as well. They're going to stay with me. Do you know, they're going to keep delivering services. They're going to change lives because you know as well as I do that if you go to work as a frontline worker and you feel really downtrodden by your organisation, you don't feel valued, you've had a really bad night's sleep and actually you had an argument with your Avraf before you left. The service that you give that customer is affected, even for the best of us who literally consciously go right i need to put this to the back of my mind there's still a slight impact there actually for a lot of people that has a huge impact and that's when it runs into all of those professional boundaries problems and happiness and burnout and so i don't think the um, methodology changes the world but i think it can change the world for some people Mm -hmm. does that Mm -hmm. make any sense yeah i totally agree with you i totally agree with you and if the people that are delivering have that as their backbone it's going to be enjoyable for everyone and it allows us something to hang on to as well. So rather than just, I am a trainer, I'll go and do this. It's, I am a trainer, I have this methodology to hang on to and double check against, am I meeting my values? Do I feel I am the expert here? And so on and so forth. So there's that to keep coming back and keep checking in on. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess for me, the million dollar question, and I ask this regularly, so I'd be interested in your thoughts, is if you were asked to, based on your own experiences, would you recommend the training for influence methodology to a friend or to an organisation? Yeah, I would. Without a doubt, of course I would. It's been a great experience. You and I have chatted for a considerable period of time as well, and that's been really beneficial as well. Yeah, I think it's a really good experience. And I think if you are wanting to get a different perspective on how to deliver effectively, to deliver meaningfully and effectively, I definitely think it's worth having a chat with you guys. Oh, thanks, Steve. You can come on the podcast again. (laughs) (laughs) My pleasure. Uh, I've really enjoyed talking to you as ever, Steve. Thank you very much for your time today. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you found this podcast both useful and enjoyable. If you'd like to access any of the free resources mentioned, assess your training against the methodology, or find out more about the Train the Trainer programme, please head to our website, trainingforinfluence.co.uk. And to finish, I'd just like to say, I truly believe that facilitating training is both an opportunity and a privilege. So thank you for recognising that effective values-led training can make a real difference to delegates, to organisations and ultimately to people accessing frontline services.